0: you're listening to the Creekside Church Sunday Morning Message. And now, here's a sermon from our guest speaker, Pastor Jacob Walden. Well, thank you, Pastor George. Thank you very much for giving me the opportunity. I'm glad that I can be here. I do love the junior high. I think they are the best in the whole world. And there's, there's so many things that happen in junior high, right? So... And I do do pests, so if you got a spiritual pest or a real pest, I got you. No problem. (laughs) I can figure that all out for you guys. Um, But I'm excited. Uh, I'm bringing you guys a message today that um, really is an important part of my life. It's something that I um, can really um, feel. And I that it's going to be something that you guys will also um, get out of it. So we're going to be reading from—or not reading. I'm going to tell you a story from Judges— Uh, 3, 12 through 30. Um, And I think that it's more fun, uh, not that it's better, but I think it's more fun rather than just reading it, but to give you like a paraphrase story version of what's going on here. I might skip over a few things just to make it more interesting, but I think it's more fun that way. This is something I might do in the junior high, so you get a little taste of what I do. But I'm going to paint this picture for you, so if you like to close your eyes and like imagine or whatever, do that. Um, But just follow along with me, okay? So, In the Bible, there was this group of people known as the Israelites. They just continually had problems. They were like a rocking horse, a roller coaster, or a merry-go-round, never making much progress before coming right back around to where they started. And it's during one of those back-and-forth moments that we find our story. At the bottom, once again, the people were in servitude to another group known as the Moabites. And once again, the group was looking for a way out, And a way out was indeed provided. A leader arose among their ranks, a left-handed man by the name of Ehud. He devised a plan to release uh, his friends and family from their misery. During their regular tribute time, Ehud smuggled in a deadly uh, blade hidden in plain sight upon his right thigh. When the guards checked him, they found nothing out of the ordinary. Ehud sought the nearest guard and told him he had an urgent message for the king. Post-haste, the guard guided Eid to the king's personal chambers. Upon entering, the left-handed man was met with a shocking sight. A grotesquely overweight man sat upon a throne nearly too small for his immense girth. This man had to be nearly 600 pounds. Not forgetting his purpose in coming, Ehud declared, Your majesty, I have a secret message for you. Eglin, the king, uh, spoke to his attendants, Leave us. Soon, Eglon and Ehud were alone. Ehud approached the rotund king and said, I have come with a message from God from you. At the sound of this, Eglon slowly rose from his seat with an excited look on his face. But his excitement was ill-placed, however. For no sooner had he finally stood, from all that effort, because he's so big, finally stood than he felt an intense pain coming from his stomach. Rearing back in silent agony, he fell onto his seat, suffering but for a moment before going still. Ehud, standing before the now-murdered king, looked down and saw that his smuggled-in blade was no longer visible. It had been swallowed up beneath the king's fat, and his bowels were currently emptying. Not losing his opportunity and wanting to get away from the putrid smell, Ehud escaped out the door he had entered from and locked it behind him. Then he was gone. Several moments later, the attendants came back to check on the king, only to find the door locked, um, an intense odor coming from beyond the door. Sensing the king must be relieving himself, they waited for the king to emerge, but he never did. Meanwhile, Ehud was long gone. He had made it back to his people, and, had, and he was rallying them to battle, exclaiming that the king was dead, and now was the time to rid them of their oppressors the people of Israel rallied behind Ehud and advanced upon the Moabites, striking them while they were caught by surprise and leaderless. That day, the Moabites were subdued under the hand of Israel, and the the land was quiet for 80 wonderful years. There's our story of our boy, Ehud. I think it's actually pronounced Ehud, but I think Ehud is more fun to say, right? (laughs) Ehud, right? I I think it's, I just, uh, I like it better that way. Um, but it's a pretty neat story. Uh, I, I, I glanced over a few things, didn't get a few details just to make the story more interesting. But there's a lot that we could unpack um, from this story. But we're just going to focus on my boy Ehud. Everyone say Ehud. Oh, yeah. See, you like it too. Um, but the, if, if you're writing things down, you know, we're kind of talking about facing our whatever. Um, and today we're going to be like talking about facing our, our weaknesses or our flaws or our shortcomings or disadvantages, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I'm focusing on Ehud in this. So uh, there's this description verse of him. Uh, Judges three fifteen the half the second half of that says the Lord again raised up a rescuer to save them. His name was Ehud, son of Gera, a left-handed man of the tribe of Benjamin. Now I don't know if you guys read the Bible a lot. You should. Um, <coughs> But uh, it's pretty weird, and not always does the Bible give a lot of descripting verses for a lot of people in the Bible. Usually it just says their name and maybe who their dad was, and that's the whole thing. But in this one, it says, you know, Ehud, son of Gareth, whatever, but he's a left-handed man from the tribe of Benjamin. And God's funny in this, because uh, the tribe of Benjamin uh, ironically means son of the right hand, and so he's left-handed, so... <laughs> Is a, It's a funny, he's putting jokes in there. Um, but it, 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 it points this out, that he's left-handed, and we're going to kind of talk about this and why. Why does that matter? Why is it important? God made a mistake, right? He didn't, he meant to put that in there. No, no, God doesn't make mistakes. But, you know, why did he do that? And the first thing is, it really, uh, is that he, it was the way he got away with killing the king, King Eaglin. It's how, it's how he did it. Uh, Judges 3.16 says, Ehud made a double-edged dagger that was about a foot long. So imagine, you know, subway foot long okay Uh, and he strapped it to his right thigh keeping it hidden under his clothing and again why is this important why does this matter at all okay traveling back in time with me if you if you will put your whatever mind cap to go backwards in time uh back in the day back in this time where he is at no one was considered to be left-handed it it was not a thing if you were left-handed you were weird it 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 didn't make any sense. Everybody was considered to be right-handed, and for sure, nobody would have been trained in the military to wield a weapon unless they were right-handed. So, why would anybody bother checking if someone was left-handed? Why would the guards bother checking if he was left-handed at all? Because everybody is right-handed you know, and so uh, if you follow that with me, so if you're right-handed, you've ever seen any sort of military movie, or just like Gladiator, because it's like one of the greatest movies of all time, okay, when they wield a weapon, you know, you usually pull it out from your left-handed side, because then you can easily be attacking somebody right away, right, you know, if you have like a weapon, if you have like a little dagger, maybe you're right here, but so if you're left-handed, you'd pull from your right leg, you guys tracking with me on that, you guys understand what I'm saying here, okay, so if somebody is right-handed, they would stash their weapon on their left leg somewhere. If it was a hidden blade, they'd stash it on their leg or whatever, so the guards probably patted him down on his left leg and said, you're good to go, no problem. Got their TSA magnet scanner thingies, and they checked him out, and <laughs> no problem, right? So they wouldn't even bother checking his right leg at all. So you put two two together, guards don't check him, they don't even bother, and so he gets away with it, because he's a clever boy, he's a clever boy on my e the second thing, so he got away with it because he's able to smuggle in this blade. They don't check him, all that good stuff. The second reason that this is important um, is because it's considered a major weakness. You know, I said that it was, I kind of glanced over, we're going to dive into it now. That being left-handed at that time, no one was considered it. And it was more than just like, oh, you're not, everyone's right-handed. But it was, no, it was like, if you were left-handed, y- you, were, you were flawed. You, you, were, you were a mistake. Like it, that, it didn't happen. If you were left-handed, fix that. Let's get right-handed so you can finally do things. You know, uh, you're not good enough. You, you, you're flawed. You can't, you can't do so many things. Um, bringing it back to today, but being left-handed today, uh, you know, is really just kind of like a little bit inconvenient, right? Everyone maybe a little bit, everything's primarily, primarily tailored, you know, to your right-handed. Maybe one out of ten people are left-handed. Is anybody here left-handed today? Showing your, raise your left hand because you're left-handed. Yes? <laughs> Weirdos. Yeah, yeah. The real question we want to know is how do you not smudge the paper when you're writing? Yeah. Write for real. You're like writing like a freaking, like what are you doing? I don't understand. You got to use your, switch that. Figure that out. Switch, <laughs> figure that out, Ryan. Okay? Ryan's left-handed. Anyways, make fun of him for it. Um, <coughs> but now we know who all the weird ones are because now you're left-handed, okay? <laughs> um, but, uh, but some areas maybe that, that you guys can relate to, at least that I can relate to, you know, I, I play on the softball team. Shout out to Coach Kyle over there. Um, And, you know, when you play softball or you play baseball or whatever, you know, if you're right-handed, you get a glove for your left hand so you can throw with your dominant hand, right? And uh, I was uh, at the store looking for some new gloves, and it was slim pickings because it was for slow pitch altogether, and then I found, like, only one glove out of this tiny wall of gloves for slow-handed pitch for someone that might be left-handed. Or even another world, uh, uh, like guitars, Anybody here play guitar? I, I play guitar, and uh, my, my grandpa, he, he's left-handed, and he plays guitar as well. He had this cool missionary thing where he would go down south and he'd play guitar for kids or whatever, um, but he was left-handed, and he told me that he, when he was getting a new guitar, he had to go to several different stores just to find a guitar that would work for him because the pickings were so slim. There's just not that many options everything, um, because everything's just so slim, so so really, it's just kind of inconveniences, though, right, right, Ryan, you, like, are able to, like, normally function, even though you're left-handed, okay, nothing's too weird, yeah, he's fine, just a little weird, right, (laughs) so today, it doesn't really make a difference, right, nothing, nothing too bad, Um, but back in that day, travel back with me, back in the day, it was a big, big deal for Ehud, if he was left-handed, Because he couldn't do a lot. You know, he couldn't be in the military. He wouldn't be trained in the military because you need to be right-handed to be in the military. He couldn't do farming. He couldn't be a leather worker. He couldn't do mining. He couldn't do weaving because all the tools of that time would have been designed for someone to use with their right hand. And maybe there was some ambidextry between the two of them, but, you know, they didn't have uh, mass production to create all these tools. They had tools. They had a blacksmith making a tool that would be made for your right hand. So he would be unable to do a lot of things, unable to work. Potentially. Maybe he'd find something, but it wouldn't be anything that would be like top tier, high class. You know, people would think that Ehud was uh, just not good enough. He was a flawed person. And Even further than that, um, left handed, being left handed back then, was often associated with, with the devil or, or being a spirit conjurer. Uh, they considered the devil to be left handed, they called him a southpaw. I guess. Or, or the, the people that would conjure spirits, they would make these hand gestures with their left hand mumbo-jumbo, and that's how they would conjure spirits. Being left-handed was uh, not only like a flawed uh, part of you, but you were considered weak. You maybe were even shunned because they'd say, whoa, you're left-handed. You, you're talking with the devil. You're a spirit conjurer. You can't be here. Why don't you go outside the city where those lepers are? Because we're cast out. You're cast out too because you, you can't be here. We don't want that a part of our place here. So he might have been not only like uh, cast out, but maybe people would make fun of him. He couldn't be able to do anything. He grew up with this, right? (laughs) He grew up with this thing. He was just a flawed man. That's what everyone would say. But the cool thing about this story is that God, Jesus, he doesn't give a rip what anyone else thinks. He, he He doesn't care what anyone else says what everyone else labels us as, what anyone else labeled Ehud as, he doesn't care. He only cares what he says about you. He only cared what he said about Ehud. And he knew that Ehud's flawed body, okay, that it was the key to victory for them. This thing that everybody else would say, get out of here, You can't do anything. You can't wield that. You can't can't be a part of these things. God's saying, no, no, that, that right there, that's exactly what I need. He knew that Ehud was not only good enough, but it's exactly, exactly what was needed. So let's look again back at uh, Ehud's description verse. Uh, uh, Judges 3, 15b again says, The Lord again raised up a rescuer to save them. Ehud, son of man, uh, son of Ger, left-handed man of the tribe of Benjamin. It says, it, it says that God raised him up. God created him, right? The Lord again what? Raised up. All right, you're tracking with me. God raised him up. It doesn't say that God found Ehud one day on the road. He didn't just find some random dude who happened to be left-handed who fit the bill. It does not say that. You know, he's it, like, oh, I'm just need to, let me, let me look among my people and say, I just need someone who's left-handed, you know, about five six, not super good looking, um, I don't know, other dis- things, but all right, he didn't do that. No, he said, it says God raised him up. He raised up this rescuer to save them. So if you're following me with that, God God made him this way. Follow me with that? God made him flawed. People would have considered him. God made him this flawed way. God g- gave him this disadvantage in the world. This weakness that everyone would shun him. The world would consider him an outcast. God gave him that on purpose. Follow with me. 1 Corinthians one twenty seven. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. Over and over and over and over again, you see this. God choosing somebody who we might think, or maybe they would have thought was, what? Who is this guy? Right? I mean, you look at his disciples, you've got tax collectors, fishermen, bottom of the barrel job. Like, what, do you, what do you, who are these people you know, Moses can't even speak, you know, uh, Paul, killer of, of the Christians. You know, these, all these people who are just like, who are these people? God chooses the weak things of the world to shame the strong. I think that many times, or, or, or from time to time, we, we have thoughts that we are flawed people. We are weak. We are not good enough. You know, we compare ourselves to others, right? So often we compare ourselves to others. You know, we see those influencers on Instagram or those in the limelight, those that are the, the top tier in the sports, those that are on TV, whatever. We see those people, or maybe you see the people that are on this stage and you think, I'm not like them. And you know, I don't, I don't look like so-and-so, fill in the blank. You know, I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't look like them, I, I can't do what they do, you know, I, I can't be who they are. Uh, so, so if I'm not like them, uh, I must just be trash. You know, I'm riddled with all these flaws. I look at myself in the mirror and I say, oh my gosh, who is this person? I am totally a disaster. I am not good enough. Why would God send his son to die for this? Why would he do it? I am not like that person that I put on this pedestal of perfection. Why would God send his son to die for this piece of trash like me? And you know for for some of that that I said, I, I would say that you know you're right, you're you're not like so and so. You're not like whoever you put on the stage. you don't you don't look like them. you can't always do what they do. You can't be who they are. You know why is it why is it so often, uh, we're trying to be someone else. You know, some that we think has it all figured out. You know, it's not always a bad thing. You know, it can, can push us to become better. You know, like, oh, let me take some qualities of theirs or whatever. But I think it becomes a bad thing when we think, I can't do fill in the blank. I can't, I can't be fill in the blank. I can't, I can't, I can't do the. I can't, I can't, I can't, because I'm not like them. I can't be used by God because I'm not like them. And if you remember Ehud, God didn't find a random dude. You know, he didn't, he didn't find some random dude on the street one day, you know, this flawed, weak, left-handed man. No, God, God created him that way. He designed him from the beginning. From the very beginning, God raised him up to be that way. You know, it, it doesn't say much, or really anything, about his life up to this point, Ehud's life. Okay? But, but God knew what he would go through, giving him this. You know, he knew every obstacle that he would go through, every trial he would go through, every pain, every setback, every name-calling, every abuse, every heartbreak he would go through because of this flaw that he gave him. Flaw. And God allowed him to go through those things in order to form him into the man he needed him to be in that moment. The man that he needed to save the entire nation of Israel. He was exactly who God designed him to be and you are exactly who God designed you to be. Nothing is wrong with you. You are not trash. You are exactly who you're meant to be. You are good enough. But let's be real. You know, that's nice to hear. Like, oh, cool, I'm really good enough. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> Thanks, Jacob. Thank you. All right, cool. But let's be real. So some of you uh, today ha- ha- have been through some stuff, right? Yeah, you know, been, you've been through some stuff, if you know what I mean, okay? Been through some stuff, and maybe you're even still going through some stuff right now. You know, like, let's just break it down for real. Like, maybe some of you have dealt with some addictions in your life or are still going through some addictions. You know, maybe, maybe this is drugs or alcohol or pornography or social media. Yeah, yeah okay? Maybe you, you're dealing with that. You just can't break away. Or maybe you, you come from a broken home. You know, your parents were divorced. You were part of the foster care system. Or maybe you had no parents at all. Or maybe you were the divorced one. You know, you're the single mom, single dad. You know, I can't keep a spouse around long term. You know, uh, you know, maybe maybe you've always been single. You know, nobody loves me. Oh my gosh, woe is me. You know, maybe you deal with these strong emotions in your life. You know you've got you've got such depression that leads to suicidal thoughts, or maybe you have anger and rage so you yell and break things and people are scared of you. or you're so afraid. You're so afraid, so so riddled with anxiety and worry. Or maybe maybe you, you, you like like the fishermen of, of Jesus' time. You, you just have these poor jobs, these bottom of the barrel jobs, and you think, "What am I doing here? Why would God put me here?" Or maybe maybe you know for the youngers now, maybe maybe you're not a good student. Maybe you, maybe you're dropping out of high school, and maybe you didn't graduate, or maybe you have to go to an alternative school to figure things out. You know, I didn't go co- to go to college. I not am not a good student. You know, I'm just not good enough. I am too flawed. You know, I have gone through too much in my life. There's too much in my life. There is no redeeming this. I can't be used by God. I am broken. I am weak. My life is a wreck. My family is falling apart. Nobody wants to be with me. I can't even control my emotions. I can't overcome my addictions. Uh, You know, I failed school. I never went to college. I'm stuck in this terrible job. Why am I even here? Why would God want to use this? How could God possibly use me? You know, I can't, I can't be the only one who thinks these things. Who, who looks back on my life, on my current life, and you look back on all your mistakes that you've made, all the hardships you've gone through, and you look at your present failings that you're going through right now, you think, oh, how, could, how could God use this? This man I've become. How could God use this woman that I've become? You know, he's like, you, you don't know what I've been through. You don't, I, you, don't, you don't know what I've done. Who I've hurt. How broken I have become. I can't be the only one who thinks these things. But you see, my message today isn't filled with, oh, woe is me. It's so good because God doesn't see broken unworthy, flawed, or weak people. He sees beyond, because this, this is what we see as humanity. We see these things. Your friends next to you see these things. Your coworkers see you see these things. Everybody that you compare yourself sees these things. They see those. God doesn't see that. He sees beyond what the world sees and what the world says about you. Way beyond it because he sees your potential he sees where you are right now and says that's great That's going to mold you to become where I need you to be here. He sees your potential. He sees your true worth He sees exa- that you are exactly the way you are supposed to be And he sees that what you've gone through is exactly what you needed to go through I think that that maybe somebody needed to hear that today. What you've gone through is exactly what you needed you know, we look back on our life and think, oh my gosh, I would change that in a heartbeat. You know, if I, if I had teleportation and go back in time, that's what I'd change in my life. But maybe you needed that. So h- here's what I think. You know, just maybe, maybe this fits in your scenario. Maybe you've had addictions or, or are currently dealing with an addiction so that one day you could help someone else with the exact same addiction. Or maybe uh, you've had a hard hard home life, just so that you could walk with someone else who's going through the exact same thing. Or maybe you were you developed or you were born with these intense emotions, so that you can understand how someone feels the w- you know someone feels the exact same way. You can say, "I feel those same things." Maybe you failed out of school, so that you would know what it's like, because most of us don't. You know you know what it's like to, to tell somebody, "Hey, I've been there." been there. Or maybe you're, 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 you've been at this, this uh, terrible low-paying job, bottom of the barrel, because there is someone there who needs you to show them Jesus. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, okay, maybe, just maybe, God knows that you are strong enough, right? Just maybe God's got it all figured out. I don't know. <laughs> R- rough shot of that. You know, he knows that you you can take it. He knows that you will come out on top, better than before, stronger than before. He knows that he can put you through the fire of life. But maybe someone else can't. Maybe somebody else can't, not without your help. You are Jesus in their life. Maybe not without your help your i've been there before help right i've been there before i've been there let me help you you know it's always nice to have someone who uh who like feels for you you're like that's a bummer i feel for you right that's kind of nice you're like oh good let me let me complain and you like feel for me that's sometimes nice right yeah, you know, sometimes it's cool. Sometimes you just want someone to complain to that has really had no idea what you're talking about. and You're just like, good, that's cool. But isn't it, isn't it just kind of better when someone, uh, uh, for someone who say is says, I- I've been there before, right? Isn't that, isn't that better? Isn't that what you really want? If you, unless you just want to complain, then who cares? But if you like, you really want to like do something about it. You want someone who's been there before, who's walked in your same exact shoes, you know, who, who says, I've gone through exactly what you've gone through, and, and here's, how, how, here's how I got out. Here's, here's how I managed it. Here's how I overcame. That's who you want in your life when you're dealing with something, right? You know, it's nice, you know, oh, I feel for you, but you want someone who's been there. Yeah, so so hear, hear me, church. God, God made you and put you through everything you've been through and are going to go through on purpose for a purpose. On purpose for a reason. Because God doesn't, He doesn't make mistakes. You're not a mistake. The things you've gone through are not mistakes. So, so look at your life. L- look around you. Open Open your eyes to see how God can use you. How God can use your, your weaknesses, your flaws, disadvantages. So, so my, my challenge for you is to think, who needs your I've been there before help? Or maybe, maybe you're still going through some, who, who needs your I've been there before help in the future? For tomorrow or, or in the future when you've overcome You know, have you already overcome and you're ready? You know, so then who are you helping right now? How is God using you? Or are you still going through something? Then I'd say, take courage, for God is preparing you. God is shaping you. God is molding you. Just like my boy Ehud. Preparing him. Molding him. Letting him go through everything he went through so that he'd be ready When the time came, God designed him flawed, all these hardships, so he'd be ready when the time came. And I'll I'll leave you with this this, this bottom line before we, we end and we have some worship here. But God knew that you were strong enough to overcome what you went through. He knew it. God knows that you are strong enough to overcome what you're going through right now. And he knows that you will be strong enough to overcome what you will go through tomorrow, the day after tomorrow, three years from now, five years from now. He knows. And he's there with you. So Jesus, I want to thank you for creating each and every one of us exactly the way you designed it to be. It's a comforting thought to know that you've got it all figured out, and we don't have to figure it out ourselves, because you've got the master plan. We've just got to follow alongside of it, God. But I pray that in the times where we, we look at ourselves and we think, who is this? Who have I become? How am I going to get over what I'm going through right now, God? I pray that you would show us that you are right there, and show us who it is that we can look to, who's been there before, who has overcome, that can help us through Because you've got big things in store for all of us. You know what that looks like. Show us what that could look like. Help us to look at our lives and see how you have been shaping us and molding us into who, who you designed us to be. To be ready for whatever it looks like. We thank you and we praise you today, Lord. We set aside all of our, our human thoughts of, of who am I? Who is this? And we set that aside and think, who, who is God? Who, who does he say I am? We thank you, God. We praise you, God. In Jesus' name, amen.